In the studio today, I have two colleagues who are going to join me in a discussion about the role of science fiction and science in fiction in communicating science. So I'm joined by Dr. John Turney, who is a freelance science writer and recently led the MSc course in creative non-fiction writing in the Science Communication Group at Imperial College. Also, Dr. Bob Lamborn, who's senior lecturer in the physics department and now director of the Physics Innovation Centre for teaching and learning here at the OU. So, John and Bob, how would you describe the role of science fiction and science in fiction literature in helping with the communication of science. Is there a different role for science in fiction compared to science fiction? Well, from, uh, from my point of view, I think that there certainly is a, a difference between these, uh, uh, these two areas of writing. As far as science fiction is concerned, I, I see it as a branch of popular literature, telling stories intended uh, mainly just to entertain readers. But uh, in some parts of science fiction, those that take science fairly seriously there is a, uh, a use of science that in some cases can be peripheral, in some cases can be central to the story, in some cases even quite profound and showing quite a bit about uh, science itself. So certainly a range of uses of science, but essentially in the service of a story. So the teaching of science, for instance, is not the main purpose of science fiction, but can happen by accident. It's difficult, I think, to make a hard and fast distinction between science fiction and science in fiction, um, partly because fiction, the novel, if you like, is such a wonderful, capacious thing. You can put almost anything you like into a novel. But the distinction, I guess, that's important for us is that novelists, when they take an interest in, in science, and I think that's happening more often as they notice that this part of the culture has lots of exciting things going on, they will write, if they're if you like, straight novelists, about the imagined lives of scientists working on science as it actually is um, or as it has been historically. The characters themselves might be imaginary or they might be imagining parts of the lives of scientists who were once real characters, but they're not making up the science. And I guess the made-up science part would take you into, by definition, a science fictional area Although, of course, some science fiction itself is concerned with authentic and genuine science, but that's not it, its main uh, raison d'etre. Yes, I think that's an interesting point because in science in fiction novels, it, it really is a case of exploring uh, in a novelistic way real scientific settings, realistic scientific settings. But uh, in the case of science fiction, uh, the science is purely a vehicle. Um, so, as you say, it can be a, a form of imaginary science that's being used, not real science. But also there's probably less emphasis on the scientist. The scientist may be at the centre of a science fiction novel, but it's really some kind of scientific principle often that is in play, uh, liberating the story to make some kind of exploration so that one's really moving into an imagined world rather than exploring the life of a scientist in a real world, even if it's a fictional scientist. Yeah, and those sorts of novelistic explorations of scientific lives I suppose, are one of the kinds of resources which fiction can offer to provide occasions for communicating science or for provoking interest in scientific topics. I, I think one, you know, one can look at these sort of cultural products as, as resources. They're not designed to teach. Typically, if they are designed to teach, they don't work very well as fictions. But that particular kind of novel, I think, can offer interesting opportunities. There are, of course, lots of other kinds of novels. Sometimes there are novels which involve science and take up scientific ideas. 
as things which are explored metaphorically or trying to assimilate them culturally in, in other ways. So there are novels about quantum indeterminacy as a prism through which to read the history of the 20th century. You might want in a rather strict way to try and use that in some way to communicate science, but I think that's probably a slightly different enterprise from the sort of discussion you'll have about a novel which is actually about a scientist doing whatever he does or she does. So what do you think of some of the attempts that have been made in the past to use science fiction books in a sort of more pedagogic way? Well, I think there's great scope for that, uh, and there are many books around that reflect that, books that analyse the science in science fiction, the success of science fiction in teaching. Of course, because the, uh, the science in science fiction uh, is not bound to be correct science, that's not a requirement imposed on any author, it's always a slightly risky field in that way. There's a, a sort of sub-literature analysing errors in, uh, in science fiction books. And, of course, many literary critics, critics of science fiction, are, are keen to immediately pounce on that and say there's no such thing as an error in science in a science fiction book because it's a book of fiction. So how could there possibly be an error in the science? So there's an interesting dialogue that can be had about the, uh, the relevance of that kind of classification. But I, I think uh, I've always felt that there is a deeper significance to science fiction than that. And it, it's because often science fiction books... Uh, whether they're sticking to the facts of science as we currently know them or not, often they're concerned with scientific processes, the kind of thinking that goes on in science. And, of course, that's partly because a good many science fiction books are written by people with a scientific training, a scientific background, in some cases even active scientists. So do you think that um, there's a role for science in fiction books to communicate science um, or communicate processes of science as well as science fiction? Yes, I mean, again, I think they they add to the resource. In some ways, the things that they do are not terribly distinct from from science fiction. It's to a degree arbitrary which shelf in the bookstore a novel gets put on, although, of course, it matters intensely to authors and publishers. There are novels which convey the detail of some scientific ideas. Again, accuracy is a rather tedious criterion to apply to a, a literary work in in that sense, I think. But the depiction of scientific process in a novel may well be more engaging than it is perhaps in a a scientific biography or a scientific autobiography. Novels are about heightened drama and characters doing interesting things. Um, It's a way, perhaps, way round what one might think of as one of science communication's dirty little secrets, which is that the doing of most science most of the time, it's actually quite dull. And a realistic depiction of that uh, would not engage the interest for very long. Um, But if you heighten the drama in the ways that a novelist can or a science fiction novelist can, you can convey the nature of scientific work in, in richer ways than perhaps some readers would have patience to follow through in a, in a non-fiction work. Where actually do you find science in fiction books in bookshops? Well, there isn't a separate category for that. I mean, they, it can be as various as as the novel is. So there are thrillers with a, a scientific content, like uh, Michael Crichton's famous, um, rather formulaic depictions of, of various kinds of contemporary biomedical science and climate science and nanotechnology. There are detective stories. There are literary novels. There are biographical, historical novels about genuine historical figures like um, Alfred Wegener. Um, There are explorations of the sorts of things that 
particular scientists might have been thinking at particular times in their lives. I think of a, a recent novel about the time which Schrödinger spent in Dublin during the Second World War. We don't actually know what he thought, but a novelist's imagination can give us an idea of the sorts of things he might have thought. Variety is the is, is the uh, the main uh, feature, I think, mm. of this landscape. So do you think that um, science in fiction has got the potential to um, creep under some people's barriers who, have a, who, who claim to have a dislike of science fiction and would never read it? If there are such people, then yes, I suppose it might. I mean, the, the job of any of these writers in the first place is to, is to tell a damn good story. And if you tell a good story, then uh, you can use that to explore um, whatever you choose to weave into your story. Uh, and that that can uh, in, can involve science, scientific matter. It might be a story about some other aspect of the culture, which is not often remarked upon. I mean, there are, it's interesting what what the blind spots of literary fiction tend to be at in particular times and places. And I, I think um, if you go back in, to the, in the nineteenth century and early twentieth century, you find rather few scientists characters in novels, if you have start the conversation, the same ones tend to come up every time um, that, we, that we remember. Uh, now there are rather more of these, and it's an area of the culture, as I say, which attracts the attention of more literary artists, perhaps because of the popular science non-fiction boom. I mean, there are now more entry points for other intellectuals into science without engaging with, with primary science, and you often find Sometimes you can you can see fairly clearly where the inspiration is coming from. Uh, you know, a novelist, a science fiction novelist, or a regular novelist will appear to be terribly knowledgeable about string theory. Mm-hmm. And that's not because they can write the equations; it's because they've read uh, Brian Greene or Roger Penrose or somebody like this. So, it's something which novelists increasingly seem to be curious about, and I, I find that interesting. And the, and as I say again, that the, the area of scientific work seems to interest them. I think. Work is something which novelists generally don't write about well very often. It's hard to think of many good novels set in a, a workplace. And if they are, it tends to be you know, the office. Um, but there's something about the work of the laboratory, um, which, is, as Mary Shelley taught us, is a kind of mysterious, removed place where bizarre things can happen, which which I think uh, interests uh, novelists and uh, they they would like to imagine what that life is like, whether it's a life of ideas or a life of very skilled manipulation at the extremes of some system where you're trying to extract signal from noise, get get data out of a recalcitrant uh, experimental setup. I feel the drama coming on as I describe it. Maybe I should try and write one of these novels. Yes, I think you make an interesting point about the growing field of literature that explores, as it were, life in the laboratory, the life of the scientist and so on. But also even going back to the 19th century, there's always been a, uh, a strand of literature that has picked up scientific ideas. I, I'm thinking particularly of stories with a kind of concealed evolutionary theme following on from the, the, work, of, uh, uh, the work of Darwin. So although it wasn't really about the life of a scientist, somehow scientific thinking had become ingrained in the thinking of novelists or at least had been exposed through their writings. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, the idea of evolution... You know, the whole culture bears the stamp of that. Um, the early Wellesian science fiction novels are mostly 
evolutionary epics of one kind or another. Either, things either turn out very, very well or more often in worlds very, very badly. And a man with an, an extraordinarily enlarged worldview as a result partly of his, his own Darwinian education. Um, you also see it, and this is an observation that A.S. Byatt makes very well, in the kinds of observations which novelists make. They suddenly start noticing things like the insect life of a... Uh, on, the, on the forest floor, or the uh, you know, minute flora and fauna, in, in the sort of thing which uh, Darwin d- drew one's attention to, um, and which novelists previous to that would not really have thought to detain their readers with, but suddenly this becomes a noticeable part of the world for many lit- literary uh, writers. Going back to Liz's earlier point, if I may, about getting under people's radar, I, I do think that there's an important possibility there. As a uh, as a known science fiction fan in my department, I've got colleagues who delight in telling me that they never read science fiction. Um, and I quite sympathise with, with the view of some of the world of science fiction is rather badly written. And, uh, you can have a dreadful experience quite early on if you're not careful about what you read. But um, I do think that science in literature offers uh, different kinds of audiences or can draw in different kinds of audiences, people who wouldn't dream of reading something that had science fiction on it. But also I think there's an interesting band of novels on the edges, somewhere on the boundary between the two. But one case that comes to mind, which in a bookshop you probably would find on the science fiction shelves, but could be put elsewhere, I think is John Kramer's novel, Twister, for instance. Now, Twister uh, is essentially a science fiction story, but the, the characters in it are uh, students and members of a, a successful physics department. It's no accident, I think, that John Kramer himself is a well-known physicist at the University of Washington. And uh, in Twister, a lot of it is really exploring the life of the graduate students and the problems they have relating to their supervisors and that kind of thing. Now, all this is on top of uh, a fairly superficial uh, science fiction adventure story. But when you were talking about thrillers, the the Kramer novel came very much to mind. It's not science fiction in the traditional mode at all. Uh, And it it was published at a time when uh, it would be regarded as traditional science fiction, I think. But it could easily now be reclassified. Yes, I think that does suggest that we need to look at the classifications somewhat and that the latest sort of publishing successes in science and fiction and the growth of book clubs, uh, places such as the Royal Institution and the Wellcome Institute that are discussing these sort of books suggest that it might have potential in the future for going, going where other communication methods have failed maybe for those people who have been not been turned on to science fiction in the past. Thank you very much, Bob and John. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.